what's going on boys and girls we got a terrific episode of two white lights for you today i had on the show the one the only mr bench himself jonathan Keiko. he is the reigning 93 kg usapl national champion and he gave me a great interview really really fun interesting conversation with him talked about his motivations on why he started to compete in powerlifting, how he got into fitness. He actually also gave me some great advice on how to stop sucking at Call of Duty. Definitely number one on my list right now of things I should improve during the quarantine is to stop sucking at COD because uh, he himself is a, like an amazing gamer. But also talked about the other thing he's amazing at, and that's powerlifting. As he described his performance at Raw Nats that got him a gold medal, Talked about, you know, if he was satisfied with that competition, uh, that qualified him for Worlds. And I had to ask him if he thinks that Worlds is going to happen and what the plan is if Worlds does not happen for him. Also, we he actually uh, he gave us technique tip on his someone call elaborate deadlift setup. Uh, really good discussion on that. Something him and I can relate to a lot is an elaborate deadlift setup. And he gave me his Mount Rushmore video games, which is pretty sweet. Something I just had to ask him at the end of the, the uh, interview. But before we get into our interview with Mr. Keiko, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com, use promo code 2WL10 and get 10% off of your order. You know I love me some baseball tees and beanies, but I also like gym banners, I think a little bit more right now because I have a home gym and I want it to look pretty. And if you want your home gym to look pretty too, get yourself a gym banner and get 10% off when you use promo code 2WL10. Also, go to Rivalist.net, use promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off of protein, pre-workout, branch chain amino acids, creatine, you name it. Rivalus has got it. Use promo code ANGELO15 and you will satisfy your supplement needs. And that is going to do it for the ad reads. Here it is. Two white lights. It is Monday, April 13th, and I got with me, via FaceTime, USAPL national champion in the 93 KG weight class, Mr. Jonathan Keiko. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Uh, just chilling, been lifting, finally got a rack in, so I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> Congrat! Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. That's like a huge accomplishment in these like, trying in times. These times. Yeah. Yeah, when you see one of your buddies or another fellow competitor get like a power rack or something, you're just like, just a small nod of approval, like, yes. Yeah, you're just like, nice. You're, yeah, <laughs> nice. You're, com- you're coming up in the world. This is like, it's like... <laughs> it's like the true sign of luxury at this time yeah. is just having a regular combo rack or just a regular power rack. Just anything, yeah. Honestly, anything. This is not recorded or anything, but I got my makeshift horrible gold skin combo rack that I shouldn't be 
doing any sort of combo <laughs> exercises in. Should only be used for benching, but we're squatting. But like I said, um, defending 2019 national champion, one of the best lifters in the USAPL right now. Um, to I mean, and also the IPF, if you really look at the IPF points, because I think you're at, let's check out my stats here. 830-something? But you might be doing like, you might be doing like modest. The new oh my, yeah, you're you're modest. You're eight forty three. Oh wow. Yeah, I, and again, terrific, Wilkes, terrific total, everything. Uh, one of my favorite lifters to watch. But we're gonna get into your lifting. We're gonna get into all that stuff. I just have to ask you: Is there any advice you can give me to stop sucking at Call of Duty? Because I've been playing a lot of it recently, and I've been only getting roasted by primarily Gage Carrion. So, is there any like quick tips you can get to stop for having to stop sucking? Because I know you're a you're a big gamer, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if I'm not lifting, I'm usually gaming, and if yeah. I'm not gaming, I'm sleeping. So. <laughs> is, is Call of Duty the play right now? Um, am I am I in? Yeah, am I in, like, the right things? I'm always, like, one year removed from video games because I always mm. just, like, get things late or right. am stuck in 2005 where I only want to play sports games and, like, really basic war games. Uh, a big game coming out is called Valorant. Um, it's like a CSGO. Uh, it's a Riot Games-made CSGO type thing. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Counter-Strike. No. But uh, it's a big uh, FPS game. Okay. And, it's kind of, and Riot made their own version of it, essentially. Oh, nice. So well, that's, like, the next thing. And then Call of Duty. Call of Duty is always going to be popular. You know, there's just, like, how, like, if a Halo comes out, there's always a crowd for Halo. Mm-hmm. You know, or, and if when COD comes out, there's always a, there's always a crowd for COD. Especially if this, especially if this one being free. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, like, I, I got the Warzone one, and then, you know, no one was playing Warzone, at least the people just I associate with on Instagram. So, like, get the regular version. Get the, uh, the regular multiplayer pack. I'm like, okay. So it was a weekend and it was free. And then I played. I'm like, okay, it's pretty fun. And then I started playing with my friends. I'm like, oh, no, I suck. And I didn't realize yeah. it. Because once you start playing with, like, actual good players, you realize you're not that good at it. So, yeah, I'm trying to get any sort of help I can to not get roasted on the internet for not being good at COD. Are you on mouse and keyboard? Or no. Or controller? Controller. Okay. Um, I am not. I am not sophisticated enough to have mouse and keyboard. <laughs> for mouse, for a controller, yeah. Try and keep everything close to mid mid range, if anything. Okay. Because on controllers, you have a thing. The uh, controllers have aim assist. All right. That means like if you're if your crosshairs are on someone and they and they like say they run, they're strafing in front of you, right? Like say they run across in front of you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> With aim assist, the crosshairs will literally kind of like glue onto them. All right. Uh, with controllers, so if you so at long range, that can that can be kind of it's not really a great thing, but when someone's like very close, like literally, like, literally like close, like face to face, or even like even mid range, close to mid range, like as long as you're kind of aiming at them, you don't you sometimes you don't even have to touch your uh, the uh, the sticks, the joysticks, because it'll just kind of like glue onto them, crosshairs, and you just so you just have to shoot. All right, well, I'm going to keep that in mind, and yeah, yeah. again, hopefully, because uh, we're going to get some lifting advice from you soon, but that was a selfish thing, and this is like, I don't even care about the viewers at this yeah. point. I am so bad at Call of Duty, I need any help that I can get. 
And um, yeah, I'm going to send a message to Gage right now telling him that I actually got advice from someone who knows how to play. But um, like I said at the beginning of the show, terrific powerlifter. I always ask this to people who just come on the show. Um, how did you get into powerlifting? Was uh, there any like inspirations or motivations to get started into, I mean, not even powerlifting, just fitness in general too? Right. Uh, I, I started lifting when I was like 11 or 12. Ooh. So it's been a minute. You yeah, know, that 20, is, I'm 20, yeah, that is younger than I'm, most. Yeah. So I'm like 27 now. I'm about to be 28 in a few months. Um, so, you know, it's been over 15 years plus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and like the only time I was off on lifting was when I was doing like the gaming thing and that was like for two years. So for the most part of my life, I've been lifting, you know, mm-hmm. and getting into it, I was doing like, cause I was like way back, you know, in 2000, like early 2000s. So, um, or wait, you know what I mean? Like before, like 2010 and before that. Mm-hmm. So powerlifting wasn't that popular. So obviously I was doing, um, like bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I looked at like Dorian Yates type people, you know, obviously like Arnold, obviously, you know, just oh, yeah. the, the, the Mr. Olympias of the time uh, and prior. So I'd always be just doing bodybuilding stuff for years. So this, that's kind of how I got into it because I'd be at commercial gym. I'd be, I was your average bro, in my opinion. Like I did mostly benching. And I think that's what that's what, that shows now, you know? Yeah, you are Mr. Bench. So that is appropriate. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think a lot of us had that start where, especially yeah. in the USAPL, I find, because I think there's um, a common, just a common trend of people we have on the show of saying that they like lifting weights, but popular, but pop, powerlifting was not yet popular uh, at the time. And then they kind of progress into just bodybuilding, but then once they found that there's an actual competition for powerlifting and thanks to like Johnny Candido and like all those pages, people start right. to get their feet wet into the actual sport. That's a good point that you bring up Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I actually met Johnny uh, for the first time around that's last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we, <clears throat> we got to hang out, we watched some of the lists together and just kind of, we just, you know, had a good conversation about like lifting and life and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's a great guy. Oh yeah. Um, and it's funny. Cause like, Thinking about it, he was one of the big reasons I got into it because I started watching <clears throat> like his powerlifting videos. You know, I was like, "What is this?" You know, I was like, "Lifting, <laughs> I was like, lifting heavy." This doesn't make sense. You know, back in what 2013, 14 now. Yeah, I think two thousand four. Because yeah. I and I've said on the show to a point where I think like the viewers are uh, sick of me saying it was like I missed the boat of like the powerlifting YouTube channels. I was into mm. fitness at that time in right. 2015, 2014, 2015, but it was uh, like 3DMJ. I watched right. a lot of their videos, watched a lot of Lane Norton's videos, and it wasn't really diving into powerlifting because that wasn't really my interest. I lifted heavy, but not in a competitive way. And I just didn't really care about my one rep maxes until I jumped on a powerlifting program. Then I started to care. But... I think when because I if again nine, like I'm unresearched stat, but on two white lights, I think ninety percent of the USAPL lifters have all accredited Johnny Candido as the reason why they got into powerlifting. And I just and and, and they keep on saying like 2015, what he did around with like, there, yeah, with um <laughs> getting like footage for nationals was a really big reason why. Yeah, because I feel like his was. His videos, I mean, like, he's our, he's our age, you mm-hmm. know? But he's a little younger than I think he's a little younger than me. Um, 
you know, it's very, Articulate. like, he's very relatable, you know, he's very relatable, he's oh, our yeah. age, you know, you know, Lane, he's a little older, he's not that old, but you know what I mean, like, the, oh. the, the younger generation that wants to get, that wanted to get into it, it was very, it was very easy to watch Johnny's videos, you know, he edited them, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't take it too, he didn't take himself too seriously, you know, about it, uh, which was, you know, so it was fun, so, you know, I, I, I probably would credit Johnny to being, the big, a big reason I got into powerlifting because I was just like, oh, cool, I'm gonna watch. You know, I, I, I would go watch his videos. I ran the Candido six week like probably for like months at a time, <laughs> just over and over because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, so yeah, and I, I really, if I could go back in time, it would be just to, I mean, seriously, go back in 2014 and 2015 and check out Candido's videos because it would have done a, it would have. I don't think I was steered in a bad direction in my powerlifting career, but mm-hmm. I just felt like I I missed out. I just missed there out on a, something, yeah, like something special. Um, yeah. And really, I mean, because I have had those influences on, you know, like social media getting me into the sport. Because I mentioned Lane Orton at, you know, when we're, t- we're starting to talk about social media, I ran his program for my first powerlifting meet. And Lane Orton is like a like a, just a hybrid between always talking about powerlifting and always talking about, you know, nutrition and dieting and all that stuff. And that's, that was what I was interested in. But I think if I would have got onto Candido's bandwagon, I would have one been in the USAPL would have just immediately looked for a USAPL meet. I, th- I recommend every lifter start in the USAPL if they can. I would say so. Yeah. Um, because if you decide to leave the USAPL, you'll be better off in every other federation that you're going to compete in. Um, not, same doesn't hold true for the other federations. Uh, you have to make a lot of adjustments to go back in the in, into the USAPL. Uh, other way around, not so much. But yeah, I, and if I would have just ran that program, I think uh, I just think my powerlifting career would have got started just a little bit earlier. Another another one for Candido. I'm trying to get him on the show, man. He's hard hard person to get out, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's. I don't know if he's ever. I can't remember him doing any podcasts actually yeah he he just did one recently uh, me and him have talked about doing uh, coming on the show mm-hmm. and doing a podcast it's not like he's stiffing me or anything don't want yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. don't want the listeners to think like oh candido's leaving uh angelo on red he's not doing that um he's just like wants to if we're gonna do a podcast it's got to be good you know what i mean so it's uh i mean i just want to have him on because it's only appropriate due to one the insight he could bring on and two Every and and th- and the the level of lifters who are referencing him aren't just like your regular everyday lifter. They are high high level competitors. Like yeah. some of the world's best all time record holders. Like just saying that oh the reason why I got into the sport and wouldn't know I had this skill if it wasn't for a Candido. I'm like of yeah. course we got to get this dude on. He's motivating everyone. But speaking of raw nationals, um. Would you consider that your proudest moment in your powerlifting career, or is there another example of just your like biggest accomplishment in the sport? I think hands down that two thousand my two thousand nineteen <clears throat> uh, round nets performance would be would be my proudest, and it was my best performance. It was my highest total I've ever done um, so far. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it was pretty comfy, like. Like bench, I didn't really have to push. Squat, I didn't really have to push. And deads, um, 
by you know we i had one by my second deadlift and so i was like we just took like a third that i knew like it was just enough to grind it you know mm-hmm. to grind it up but um yeah i would say that's my proudest performance and like in the enron ads i think i have a tie between winning winning it and then like cleaning up my the american record bench i did there the 509 yeah yeah either those two like they're they're kind of tied and how like proud i was about it or you know how happy i was with the performance yeah it's always an interesting thing between two those two things because i think a lot of lifters want to either break a record or go nine for nine at a meet and usually you accomplish both of those when you go nine for nine it's always that thing when you go nine for nine it's hard to not be extremely proud of that but yeah i remember i think the 93s was the uh first competition i was like legitimately watching i think 83s um prime time i was watching too but 93s i was watching closely i had really good seats for that too and yeah that was a amazing performance yeah the 93s are it's they're stacked dude even like 80 even like 105s now like 105s and Anything over 83, I feel like, is just, like, in- insanely stacked nowadays. I Well, this is the funny thing, because, uh, like, the media, the powerlifting media kind of dictates what is the most stacked division. Yeah, yeah. It's you like know? what they say, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah. And it's so <laughs> strange, because, and I'm, I'm probably, because, I mean, I'm part of the powerlifting media, technically. I think, you know, I probably had something to do with, a lifter saying this uh, this um, weight class is more stacked, this weight class is more stacked than the other. And I'm just looking, I'm like, what defines high competition? I think, because when I look at 105s and 93s, I qualify that is the most stacked because you have guys surpassing each other and they're very close to each other too. Yeah. Where, and I've said it before, the 83s can be competitive as long as you're behind Russ Orhe. Because... Russ could probably go five for nine, six for nine, and win a meet. And still win, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't qualify that expense, uh, that comp, uh, competitive, but you know, two mm-hmm. through five, I think there could be some changes, and I think the same yeah. thing with seventy fours, which, if you're talking about the like the whole media thing, is like the media, like all the podcasts and all the lifters focus primarily on that one, yeah. and it's like, okay, obviously extremely competitive. A lot of comp- uh, competitors are close, but there's only four really really good ones if you're not those four guys then the competition kind of dwindles off i would say though the the most entertaining was the 93s competing i was mostly i was the most entertained watching them compete yeah because you know at that point like if you uh, i think it was like the top fifth like the top 15 93s at at nats Mm -hmm. last year were all over like a 500 wilkes oh yeah jesus you know so it's like, oh yeah, I got like a five ten Wilkes, but you're you, you still place like twelfth, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. Tell me about it. You know, so it's just like, I don't know, like what other classes doing that, you know? Yeah, and you know, it is. I think, yeah, well, over five ten Wilkes is pretty ridiculous. I don't care who you are, but I mean, remember this discussion we had? Like, I mean, discussion we were having as powerlifters two years ago. People were, if you had a five hundred Wilkes, you could walk on water. Yeah. Now you're it's like, like you, you're, you're, you're a good lifter. You're you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a pretty good yeah. lifter if you're a 500 Wilkes, but you know you're not. Some, yeah. yeah, someone not even consider you elite if you're that. Yeah. Uh, it's like you're not even. You're probably not falling at the top ten. And I was the same way. Uh, 503 Wilkes at 83 last year during Raw Nationals. That was good for 14th. 
Was it really? Oh, wow. Yeah, good for 14th, and, like, really, it's... And then if you look at, like, okay, man, I'm really lucky I have a deadlift, because if I didn't have a deadlift, I would be just way out of the conversation. So, um, and even now, like, at the Arnold, two guys totaled over 1,700, me and Delaney Wallace, and that used to be a really, really prestigious thing. Now it's, okay, you're good. That's like a new yeah. 500 Wilkes. 1,700 yeah, yeah. is like the new 500 Wilkes. So, yeah, the, the competition in this sport is getting... For for the better, though. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I always feel like we have, like we always have... Like me, I know I have a probably a little bias for 93 saying we're stacked. But I feel like, you know, I feel like we're pretty stacked. But yeah, I don't pay attention. Like, I guess it's not fair since I don't pay attention enough to the... Uh, to the number, like the exact numbers of the classes around me, you know. You know what? And I'm and I'm hard pressed to say that not a whole lot of powerlifters do. I know there are there are many, yeah. um, and I I probably should. I mean, I interview different lifters and even different federations, so I should have an idea on where the numbers are at. But it's hard. There's too many numbers in this. Yeah, world. it's hard to keep track. It, it's, I like I I kind of have a range, but I mean, when I go in the heavyweight heavier weight classes, I'm like those numbers aren't even reachable to me so i care less but i could go watch a competition and appreciate how good they are i just can't yeah. like I, I really have i don't have a ton of frame of reference of how great a lift is yeah like what's that compared to like the fifth placer you know for example you know mm-hmm. but like in your own weight class you know like oh shoot i play seventh compared to you know like yeah. compared to the third place guys so i know this you know like how what, what the gap is you know yeah so if i was going to ask you what are the magic numbers to be like to have a 93 turn their head because yeah, we have those magic numbers in squat bench and deadlift to be like oh right. okay like that's respectable right there because it used to be like now now 600 for squat for 83 is a norm like yeah. you have to squat 600 it's like if you're not doing it it's like what do you you know it's yeah. like you, yeah, you can't even be like in the picture right now. Um, for ninety threes, I mean, shoot, seventy fours is squatting seven hundred now. Sixty six, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're getting there, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, those this the top four seventy four are like really good eighty three kg lifters, like top yeah. five eighty three kg lifters out yeah. there. So. If I had to put some numbers, I think. If you're squatting like six for ninety three, if you're squatting like six fifty, you're pretty you set. I mean, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. you're 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 in there. You know, like even six forty, six sixty, you're just like okay, yeah, that's a you know he he's gonna work on a, work into a good subtotal type thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, bench. I think if you're over four, even if you're over four fifty for for ninety threes, I think you're you're pretty set. Even four forty is still like pretty up there. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, a lot of 93s have been getting some decent benches, so, um, and for deads, I think he, like, if you're not pulling 700 as a 93 yet, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I think, you, like, you have for the, to be, like, what you said, like, the turn heads, right? Or to be like, oh, yeah, he's oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll for say, like, six, yeah, 697 at least. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, okay, yeah, he's, he's a good 93. Or, like, you know, he's up, he's, he's getting there, he's up there. Yeah, because I've I've noticed that where you kind of start taking notice at certain numbers when certain people numbers. hit because like there's because if I could use a, like Jamar Royster for an example, his squat is through the roof and his bench is through the roof too, so that like you know immediately makes my eyes wide. So he's allowed to not have that great of a deadlift yeah. because of how crazy his squat and bench are. 
Where me, on the other hand, I mean, really no one's probably turning their heads at my squat and bench, but the deadlift is. So it's like it's it's like you're allowed to kind of fall behind those other two lifts if you have either one or two really good lifts in there too. But um, I, I'm always curious when other I talk to people from other weight classes because we talk about that all the time. Like, what does he squat? Like, ah, eh, you know, five seventy. Like he has to work on that. Or you know, I mean, my bench for example, three sixty three. Like yeah. everyone's like, yeah, you really got to work on that. What did you mean, like? Like, oh, shoot, this 93 squat at this, that's, like, insane? Oh, you, you oh no, like I mean, that, just or? to get kind of, I mean, just oh, to graduate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because there's, I always, with, uh yeah, those magic numbers in powerlifting is funny to me. But from the sound of it, uh, I talk to a lot of guests who come on the show about being satisfied at a meet. And so many powerlifters, even if they just won a national championship or went, seven or eight for nine for a meet broke some records are not satisfied with that meet yeah. in 2019 at raw nationals were you satisfied i mean kind of like like one percent just because i was like hey cool i did it <laughs> you know it's like hey cool i won you know <laughs> but like not really <laughs> yeah see i love it <laughs> not really <laughs> i don't think anyone like anyone who's actually competitive is ever satisfied with their but like it's it's like you feel good for like a minute and you're just like hey cool we we put it up you know we put up a total a good total but then it's just like i want to go lift <laughs> yeah but you won like that's that's another thing it's you won and it's still like all right I, i'm probably gonna have a because i always said there's like three hours of being happy and mm-hmm. then you're immediate you're coming down off those you like that dopa- yeah, yeah like dopamine does drop and then you're like all right, let's really look at my performance here. And then you start analyzing a little closer. Like, okay, we still got to work on some things. Um, in your case, it's a victory. So, but again, stack weight class. Um, Ashton Roscoe's a 93, correct? Uh, he's like dappling. I don't know. Yeah, right he, now. he, he hovers. He did one, yeah, he did 105 for Nats. And then the Arnold, he said he got sick. And so he ended up being a 93. Mm-hmm. And then he told her, like, an insane 1942 or something still, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think, like, he's I think he's saying he wants to be 105, but, like, I still, you know, like, if he ever, you know, if he ever comes, if he ever is, like, you know, never mind, I'm, you know, obviously I'll always be here. Because it's hard for me to, it's hard, like, it's hard for me to stay 93, or else I'd fall the 83s if I stop, like, eating. If I stop stuffing my face, I'd fall the 83s really fast. Really? What do you walk around at? Like, right now I'm under 210. Okay. Like, I, I usually sometimes I usually I walk around a little heavier, and I hold a lot of water. Okay. I don't know, you know, I hold a lot of water weight. Um, to stay over two ten, I have to literally stuff my face, and I think, uh, kind of jumping subjects, uh, and we might talk about it later. But it's just like, cause you know, uh, I hate bringing it up because I feel like a broken record always saying talking about it. Um, you know, I have that like that scar thing on my stomach. I don't know if you've ever. I don't know if I ever brought it up, or I never brought it up with you. But like, if you uh, if you've seen me talk about it, I have not. Um, I have a I have like a big old scar in my stomach, right? Mm-hmm. And it's from when I was born uh, premature. I was born like about three months early, two and a half months early, because I was supposed to be a late October baby, like a Halloween baby. But I ended up being born July fifth because mm-hmm. it, it is C section of my mom. And again, I'm like jumping way out here with that, with that. But like, that, that, that's a point to it. It's just like, um, so they cut out a bunch of my intestine because I, I had a, 
inf- uh, add an infection there. Mm. So that's why I'm missing a lot of like abdominal muscle on my right side. And a, a, a big reason is we think, and what, you know, what I've been told is I have a hard time uh, absorbing food. You know, I have oh, a hard time like, uh, you know, so, and food runs through me super fast. Like I can eat something and I, I can go use the restroom like an hour later. Jeez. You know, so. So then what will your calories be at then? Do you, do you track like your macros and all that um, stuff? Or? Like me maintaining is like 3,500. Like that's like maintaining, that's you rough. know, like, or even like, oh, uh, it's actually kind of like a cut almost sometimes for me because like if I if I'm not like at four or five thousand, like then I feel like I just feel like shit, or wow. I'll start just losing weight. Yeah, yeah, that's so it's a lot, you know, for my you know that's that's quite a bit in my opinion for like a ninety three. You know, I'm not like it's not like I walk around two thirty or something. You know. Oh yeah, that is. Oh yeah, seriously, that is rough. Uh, to... To not having your like main energy levels at like four thousand to five thousand calories. That's yeah. Um, yeah, and there's there's something to be said about people who have to actually maintain their weight at a heavier mm-hmm. than people have to cut because we hear so much about the big cuts, but you don't hear too much about having to maintain your weight in order to yeah. train efficiently. Um, okay. I think there was was Skylar Brandt. He was on the show, nineteen year old uh, lifter. Super like a super heavyweight kid. When he was telling me about his eating, he's like, "It's like the hardest part of my training, and I have to eat more than everyone else." Like it's seriously like forcing down his food because that's what he needs to weigh in order to be effective. Yeah, like I have to force food a lot. Like every day, I feel like mostly. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just like I I feel full, but I know if I don't eat more, I'm just gonna lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does sound like their motivation is definitely there because you're – the motivation for powerlifters, especially high-level ones, is always going to be there because they think they are aware of the world around them. And like I said, weight class is stacked and it's not It's not like you're surpassing someone to like the highest level. It's There's always going to be someone down there. So that's why I think that so many people just are – they never use that word. They're satisfied with the meat. Yeah. It's because it's, they're probably never going to truly be satisfied. Yeah. Like, I feel like I just have, like, a finite time until, like, my body falls apart, like, when I'm a little older. Mm -hmm. So I might as well get, I might as well just, like, do what I can. And then once, you know, once I can't anymore, then that's it, you know? Yeah. So, like, in the time I have, like, even, like, I I like to look at it like, I have, like, this window from now, right? Like, this is my time frame. So I better be training and doing what I can in this like 10, 12, whatever year time frame. So like no going out, no nothing. I don't care. You know, just like go, you better get there, you know, get your protein in, get your carbs in, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll sleep enough. I'll just, you know, train hard, blah, blah, blah. And if I miss it, like if I miss anything in that time frame, it's just like, well, you deserve to lose in, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a way to look at it. From, I mean, it would be interesting for like an outsider viewing that sort of like reference, but that's that's a lot of what high level competitors do. They kind of have to have that mindset, and I and I always have thought about that um that that time span too. Yeah, I've always thought about that. Like, you know, if I 
if I don't win nationals by the time I'm like 30 or something, if I, if I don't right. surpass, like, you know, become the best 83 KG lifter in the world, because that's of course my overall goal is to be the best in the world. Um, right. at my weight class or even overall. It's like, if I don't do that at a certain time, I'm going to start regressing at a point. It's just going to happen. Like every athlete knows they regress. And when, did, when did you actually start uh, competing? What, what age? Uh, 22. I want to say like 22. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're, I, I started when I was 23. So right. we didn't get like that, you know, when you started competing when you're 18 and you have right. a little bit more years, it's like, no, I, I I'm going to start regressing and I haven't had that repertoire of like, I don't know, having four meets a year when I was 19 or 20. We haven't had that yet. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is, it is and a realization where, you know, something is going to regress by the time I'm like, I don't know, it's, it hits everyone, it hits everyone differently, but 32, 33 might not be the same like the, lifter. Yeah. I feel like for powerlifting, I think it's a little later. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at LS, you know, um, that guy's still hitting huge, huge ways. I feel like he's PRing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I feel like maybe up to 40, maybe a little more mm-hmm. because, you, because it's not like we're like a contact or high explosive, you know? Well, actually, for me, though, it's a little bit different how I view it because it's going to start going into, you know, my profession, um, you know, family and that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I got a head start on a home gym, so I I guess I guess that works in my advantage. But yeah, yeah, like that, that, all that stuff would help. But it's it's more so with that. I like my I don't know how I I have no idea what age my body's going to start falling apart, Um, but it happens to everyone. But uh, I I just don't know at a point how much time I'm going to have to train or train like I do now, which is six times a week, long workouts, intense workouts. And then the the process isn't stopped there. It's all about, you know, you got to get your food in, got to get your sleep in. Uh, You got to balance that with your job, uh, family, you know, the, you know, when I when I got a girlfriend, my fucking training was altered greatly. Like I'm doing a whole yeah. lot of like nine o'clock at night workouts now, or seven o'clock in the morning workouts now, just so I can hang out. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I always think about that time span too. But all right, raw nationals, obviously did great. You were planning on doing worlds, correct? Yeah, hundred percent. So. Unfortunate question, but we got to ask it. And actually, I'm pretty proud of ourselves for not talking too much about the coronavirus this entire episode. But uh, we have to now. Um, do you think it's going to happen? Optimistic me wants to say yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think. I mean, like the earliest it's going to happen is October. That's mm-hmm. the earliest, and then it's like what happens with nationals. You know, if we do do that, if it gets pushed anymore, it's just like. Do we end up doing a nationals before a world, you know? Or, so I think it's going to happen, but even if they say, hey, we can do it, like, is anyone going to go, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, even if we're cleared, and even if it's like, oh, you know, hey, it's okay, you know, it's like, it's safe now, guys. Um, who's going to actually fly? Like, not just from U.S. lifters, from, like, everywhere else, too, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I... Th- yeah, I... I'm trying to articulate to some people, like, 
just how difficult it's going to be to get these meets back going again because I, I'm going to be on the same Optimus bandwagon. I really yeah. hope it happens. I really hope we just have normal powerlifting meets by fall. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Seriously. Because <laughs> four weeks ago, like, we had the Arnold, and it just seemed like, God, and looking back on the Arnolds, like, ev- we did everything, we seemingly did everything right, but we were doing everything wrong. Yeah. With, like, sanity, with, like, uh, sanitary things, and, like, not yeah. contain or containing the spread and keeping, like, that social distancing thing. We were doing everything wrong. A lot of hugging. A lot of touching the bar. Of course, we were sanitizing, but it, like we were doing so much but things, still, yeah, yeah, incorrectly. And but even at that time, it's like okay, you know, um, you know, Sheffield probably is going to get canceled, but of course, there's going to be meets by fall. I mean, of course, this will blow yeah. over by then. Now we're like, oh god, it'll be so great if we get meets by fall. Uh, Honestly, I, th- I feel like at this rate, and obviously for I feel like for everyone's safety, it's just like. We shouldn't have anything until like next year. Honestly, I think I feel like this year should have, should just be like okay, everything that was supposed to happen this year, just like put it, just move it to next year, type of thing. You know, yeah, just I, to, just to give it more, just to give people more room. Yeah, and they're doing it for other sports too. And I mean, other sports have major repercussions. They got bigger repercussions yeah, yeah. than our sports. Uh, canceling March Madness is huge. Like, yeah. what and what people don't understand about like canceling college sports is the amount of revenue basketball and football particularly bring those schools they bring well over like averaging over 30 to 50 million dollars so the fact that that doesn't happen and that is such an integral part of their universities and of those athletes lives we got to kind of expect like it's probably going to happen us too the you know the kind of the pseudo sport that we have where it's basic it's it and it's generated based off us like we have to put a lot of our money down in order to compete, in order to uh, participate in the sport we want to. So uh, just – and explaining it to lifters is getting – it could be a little difficult because, like, okay, we'll push it back. Well, do you think you can just easily push something back? Like, remember, we have to book a hotel. We got, they got to yeah, book a venue for it. Hotel, everything, yeah. They have to, they have to do the venue. You know, they got to get people – it's like what you know, if what, to run the event, you know? Yeah, what in like Daytona? What if the venue that we're doing at, like in January or something or December, they have another conference? Like then yeah, they'll have to change revenue. I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but that's the reality you have to deal with when they believe that you oh you postpone everything, just push everything back. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Then you got to yeah, think about the, yeah. the, the, the long lasting. The ones effect. that were supposed to be at that time. Yeah. yeah, the long-lasting effects too. It's like, okay, how about the Arnold? How about those other meets that you qualify for? But in the meantime, I've seen you put together a pretty solid uh, home gym. So how's uh, how's the quarantine training going? Uh, it's a it's good. Um, I'm I'm happy I can train. Yeah. Like it's been like a really. I mean, not only did obviously all this happen, you know. Um, it's been like a really weird five weeks or more for me because like right before everything closed down, I got an ear infection and like it was really bad. I don't know what happened, but like, I don't know what it was from. But that happened to me too. Sir, I'm not even joking. That happened really? to me. Yeah. That happened like, to me. Like I was at school, I was teaching and I couldn't hear out of my right ear. Like I got yeah. this bad ear infection and then I came yeah. down and then I just couldn't hear. And it hurt, right? Yeah, it hurt. Like, and yeah, that hurts so I, much. I was you know? telling the students, I'm like, guys, seriously? Like, 
if you guys talk in a group, I can't like I literally can't hear you guys, and it's yeah. it it's like making me crazy. <laughs> yeah, like I go, I can only hear out my out of my right ear for like three weeks, and it was bad because uh, you know I went. Um, it was like when everything was kind of starting to build up. So fortunately, I was able to go into like a clinic, and they gave me some antibiotics. You know, they're like, "Oh, here, go get some antibiotics." So I got like really like in those two weeks of the ten days on the I was on the antibiotics. I wasn't eating a lot, so I started losing weight, and then like the gyms closed down. Then I didn't have anything to lift on for like mm-hmm. about three weeks, because then we built the wood rack. Because I was, I think I, I did like I was lifting on barrels for like a week, and then we built a wood rack the next week, and then I did. The, <laughs> You know? Yeah, you had the you had kind of like the uh, Olympic Olympic weightlifting setup where they kind of yeah, set yeah. it on blocks and they do the squats yeah. that way. That was it's actually pretty... really nice. Not gonna lie, that was actually like actually really comfy. That was actually more comfy than like the rogue rack I have right now. <laughs> yeah, I think you, that's like that looks like a it looks like you just made yourself a monolift, but without yeah. really like having the monolift. Yeah, because yeah. you need to just be able to go down because. Like, a lot of Olympic lifters, they do that. They had the blocks, yeah, yeah. and then they had the guys move the blocks, and then they just drop the weight when they're done. Yeah. Yeah, it looked... Yeah, tra- yeah training's been good. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, get back up in weight and try and get back. It's just, like, my... It, it's, I'm actually really surprised I'm able to move. Like, my bench is still moving. I still feel like I can bench a lot right now. And mm-hmm. I can still... You know, like, I pulled, like, 705 undeads the other day and it's still and it was still smooth it was still fast so i was i was pretty happy about that you know so like it i think within a few weeks i'll be pretty normal again about like how i you know how i feel obviously mm-hmm. yeah so so what would be the plan then if you know you don't end up competing would there be like how would uh i mean that might be a, a better question to ask your coach um if i was yeah. gonna put on my interviewing hat right right now but like, is there a plan? Like, okay, we're gonna maybe max out, or just we're just gonna continue running block after block after block until there is a competition? Or is that has that even been discussed? Not really, actually, because we're just like with the. I'm in the mindset that there will be a comp. Mm-hmm. Like, if they told me there's a comp next week, I'll be like, okay, cool, I'm ready. You know, Not yeah, just whenever, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think I'm just gonna keep running blocks until they're just like, hey, I need you to fly to wherever in the world and go lift. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you get you get trained by uh, Flex, correct? Yeah, Joey. Joey's my coach. Yeah. yeah. So I think right now has been a really weird situation for a lot of coaches, just trying to figure out like how exactly people are going to train, even if they do have training equipment. Because I I don't know if it's the same for you, but when I did get the training equipment, like just piecing things together, it was an awesome feeling. Just yeah. getting the stuff. Uh, I mean, granted, it's not your USAPL ideal training facility but it's getting the job done but then i was thinking to myself like okay we gotta have a discussion because i actually because we thought we were gonna have to do like zercher squats and front squats and bench press only like for the next you know three months or something no matter how like how long this is gonna last but once i got the equipment like all right i think we can do things what happens if I have to squat 550 pounds? Because I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. I can squat 550 pounds safely in my uh, home right now. So, like, same thing with deadlifting. It's like, I don't know what this plywood could hold. It's not, like, a great platform. It's like, yeah. you know, are we are we going to try 7, 770 or 760 coming up? What's, what's going on? So, um, 
Yeah, this there's gonna be a f more because I just finished my first block, so mm. it's gonna be more interesting as it goes on. Yeah, I mean, like I got some, I got some um, like horse stall mats. I got a lot of, I got plywood and a bunch of horse stall mats. I just stacked them all on each other. So I think I'm good to deadlift. Like even like I could probably even do like for example, if I you could load like a thousand, and it's probably be okay on the floor. Oh yeah. Because I, I yeah, because I got like almost two inches of horse of uh, horse stall mat plus the plywood. Yeah, I, the horse stall mats I got. And by the way, anyone who's like thinking about buying horse stall mats, if you go on Amazon and get like the cheapest one. You're gonna get what you pay for, and yeah, like 100%. these these things are kind of foamy. Yeah. Where yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I deadlifted with the first time with them yesterday because I've been just using plywood and it, it's doing the job, but there's just gonna be some dings in the plywood where it makes the platform uneven. So yeah. I used that yesterday, and it was like a really weird, very strange like how it sinks into the platform so i'm gonna i'm probably gonna look at tractor supply and see if i can get Yeah, like, you have to go to tractor supply for like actual mats they use for horses you know yeah i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna check that out probably uh actually probably right after this interview's over because i saw some pretty solidly priced I, ones. I would say get them because they're like they've been selling out apparently because yeah. the ones i was at uh like at the fortunately the tractor supply opened like right down the road for me and this is all just a few months ago so i'll you know so was, uh, that just worked out that way, um, but I went the I went last week and they're like, oh, we've been we sold out. But uh, the one I bought mine two week like two or three weeks ago, I was able to get like nine, you know. Yeah, I would just love to see uh, <laughs> like the the owners of those places being like, dude, we're selling out of tractors, the there was uh, horse stall mats, yeah. like. We're hitting our quota just on horse stall mats. Like, yeah, yeah. Would you ever think this is going to happen? It's like, why are and it's like, why are people buying all these horse stall mats? Like, oh, they know. I actually went in. They, and they're they like, know oh, now. They're like, yeah, they're like, oh, it's for home gym, right? I'm like, yeah. yeah. They probably yeah. They caught on to a point because I was thinking because everyone's like, get horse stall mats, and I never knew what they were called. I just called yeah. them mats always. Like, oh, they're horse stall mats, and now I'm just thinking of all the situations where like we're like a powerlifting. They're like a powerlifting equipment distributing company now, and they didn't think that they would have to do that like <laughs> once. They yeah, just they'll pit. come out with like a tractor supply bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might, might as well at this point. But They're like, oh, I thought that's what you guys wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we pivoted. We pivoted our entire industry. We are now a gym equipment company. Watch out! Watch out, Rogue. We're gonna have uh, tractor supply meets coming up. So, <laughs> no, like that TSC bar, bro. <laughs> yeah. TSC bar review. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my god, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, sponsored uh, tractor supply meet. Singlet. Yeah, it's like they just they just overtake Rogue. But all right, so we on the show we have a uh, favorite segment of the viewers is technique tip now. We discussed earlier in the show, and I really like the idea of you explaining this technique tip because you have some would say an elaborate deadlift setup, right? And you also have a pretty damn good deadlift, and you wanted to kind of riff on that on why exactly you have that setup. So our technique tip of the week is going to be the setup of Jonathan Keiko. So when I deadlift and I'm setting up for it. Like I'll say, I'll say, I was saying, people think I'm like joking, I'm memeing when I'm doing it. You know, it's like <laughs> just a, like joke setup, and then I'll pull right. No, mm -hmm. I'm actually doing something. Like 
one, I'm making sure my hip hinge is set. Like when I'm when I'm going down, you know, mm -hmm. I'm you know I'm loading when I how I I'm loading properly, you know. Um, and the whole arm thing is me just like setting my lats. I'm loading my lats and getting them low to the floor, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm literally just kind of putting those two together, like loading my lats and getting the hip hinge set, and I'll take my brace and then you know I'm good to go. Like if you try it right now, like if you're reaching to the floor, like you know you can like extend your arms lower. Yeah. Like that's me just trying to get them like the like you know getting them low while loading my lats. You know. Yeah. So, and I guess it just it just turned out that way because I think and then jumping because that's you know that's pretty much what what it's for. Like I'm pulling my lats uh, to protect the armpits, cue whatever you know. Yeah. And. um but yeah, that's that's honestly that's all that's all that is. It's just um, loading the lats, getting the hip hinge set in. You know when I'm, oh, you know from the top, I'll get my brace and everything's kind of locked in from there. Yeah, and I I wouldn't I would never say that your deadlift setup is elaborate because I look at people's deadlift setups and I understand what they're doing, not specifically what they're doing. But I understand that everyone has a different way of getting themselves set for a lift. Yeah. Um, and it, I've, I've said this before on the show where I want to, I just really want to see someone's reaction. Just initially never watching the sport, never doing anything, just to watch a deadlift setup. And just the real day is like, what if we did that before we picked up everything? Like, right, right. <laughs> like we're like we're picking up a crate, and then we like, and we're just like just getting our lats in our back pocket, just like getting everything yeah. going, and then just like picking it up and then walking. Like it's a it's, I, I would love to see that bizarre experience for someone, but yeah, I, and I a lot of people have you know said this. I have a meme deadlift setup. Um, it actually has been a meme, like a literal meme. Yeah. Uh, people have memed me before that for that deadlift setup, and. It there's a reason for everything, and I actually think that those deadlift setups allow you just to not yank, yank the bar off the floor. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Because I see I see a lot of people just trying to yeet the deadlift up and just try to you know get it, just walk up to the bar and yank it off the floor. They lose all sort of tightness. They lose their positioning, um, and it it leads to a pretty shitty deadlift. Uh, so yeah, I could, every time I see your deadlift setup, I get it. Like I, it just kind of like, like, like goes through, like I just look yeah. at the deadlift after that. But I think to an untrained eyes, people don't really see why, um, uh, that, that setup has to happen. Yeah. But, yeah. Cause like, cause my, whatever mine is, I actually changed mine a lot because I used to get my. I used to actually jerk myself out of um, position by anchoring my hips too much. Like I mm -hmm. used to anchor my hips, like re-anchor my hips, like three times, and that would like take me way out of position. But everything is just to make sure I'm staying upright as possible, that I'm getting my chest out, and that I'm anchoring my hips properly. Um, it's just something that has to be done when you lift a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, the higher the weight goes, the more a change in technique. Like, the more a technique breakdown will just, like, ruin the lift, you know, once the, once the weight's heavier. 
Oh yeah, I mean it could it, uh, wait. The bar could hit my quad, and that would completely mess up my deadlift. It's, yeah, it's done. It's yeah. it's over. I'll lose grip. I'll lose positioning if I have to rely too like I have to windmill too much of my deadlift. It's it's done. It, it's game over, and that's probably and that could be due to just a poor setup. All right. Well, thank you for coming on Two White Lights, man. It's been a terrific interview. I've had a great time. Um, if you guys want to get this guy on Instagram, you are at the League of Lifting, correct? Yeah, it's League underscore Love underscore Lifting. <laughs> Where did you come up with that? Lee, I always uh, liked was, that name. It was, um, it was from League of Legends. Okay. Because I did League of Legends for a few years, and I was, I was semi-pro in that. I did that. Um, I mean, I lived on that game for about two years, I feel like. It's two straight years of playing, like, eight to ten hours a day. All right, you know what? I'm not going to end this interview right now. I just got to know. Top three video games of all time. Like, this year, just rank. Like, you know what? Do four. Like, a Mount Rushmore of video games. That's, oh, my. That's so hard. Yeah, I know. You should probably got prepped for that one, but. And I want to ask. I'm just having flashes of a million games. I mean, overall, for me, or just in general? Oh, no, for you. For your personal, like, Mount Rushmore video games. Oh, yeah. I see. For my personal, honestly, I'd have to go with, like, I guess I have to go with COD. Because I was always, like, a COD boy. Because I play, like, I have a lot of hours on COD. Um, COD League. I like those. And this is, like, right now. Because um, I can't think of any old games that, like, I mean, I guess StarCraft would have to go in there. Because I have a lot of hours on StarCraft when I was growing up. Because I played Starcraft since I was like five. Um, and it's either that, and the fourth one, it'd have to be either Halo. Halo or CSGO. It's like, it depends on my mood, I feel like. Or yeah. just Counter-Strike, rather. Yeah, I always like, because I play video games, but I got into this argument with my brother. Because I think I referred to myself as a gamer once. He's like, you're mm-hmm. not a gamer, dude. I'm like... What? Play video games? Like, yeah. No, you're not a gamer. It's like you play <laughs> regular video games for like, it's like you don't, because if I told you mine, it's like completely different, because all those sound like pretty heavy multiplayer games. Because like, I know yeah. Halo and COD are, and uh, League of Legends are too, right? Those are, yeah, yeah. so the games, if I was going to give you my four, because um, of course I you know, grew up playing video games, Grand Theft Auto, Madden, NCAA, right. and COD. Like, only one of those games is really like super multiplayer. The other ones are kind of multiplayer. Grand Theft Auto isn't. Grand Theft Auto is all about the, you know, the storyline. Uh, have you played? Like uh, they have they have the multiplayer. Series, not not a fan. Not a big fan of it. Are you not of them? No, yeah. I've oh because I grew up on you know Grand Theft Auto like Grand Theft Auto Vice City particularly yeah, is right, my right. favorite game of all time, and it was just a fun game that I played when I was a kid. Uh, I know Grand Theft Auto 4, I was hyped for the multiplayer and just didn't like it. It's chaos. It's chaotic. Yeah, it's chaos. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's it's absolute chaos. Uh, I think the only, the first game I played multiplayer was Modern Warfare, the first one, uh, in high school. Uh, that was the very first multiplayer game. Then since, I, yeah, I, I, I guess like I, I kind of got into the Fortnite craze because everyone was into it, but I just lost interest to that game immediately. Yeah, I was supposed to. I was supposed to get into it. I was told, you know, when it came out, everyone was like, "Hey, John, play this because it's gonna be like huge." You know, that's mm-hmm. when it was coming up, 
And I was like, at the time, I was like burnt out from league, and I was like, I don't want to play anything right now, you know? Yeah. But you know, who knows where that would have taken me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I always tell people because it was like it's like society ruins games because it is a fun game, and I actually like that kids were playing it because you yeah. know you're building stuff. It's and it's not like super violent. It's not yeah. like making kids more aggressive. Um, but then in the long run, it just made them more annoying. By yeah, just constantly dancing yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or like doing emotes <laughs> like randomly, I'm like, okay, never mind. I guess I hate this game too now. But uh, yeah. I, yeah, and I, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna download it. It's and then when they told me it was free, I'm like, okay, boom, definitely gotta buy yeah, yeah. this. I got definitely gotta get this game. And I played. I'm like, okay, I can see the fun of it, but I'm like, there's no way I'm ever gonna be good at it because I don't have the skill set to be good at this game. Um, but then like like a month in I'm like I'm I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like it's just getting way too like way too annoying. Yeah, honestly, I played it like I played it once when it came out. I was like, eh. and then I came back at like half a year later or so. And I played another game on like when I was like a little updated, you know, or maybe even a year later and I was just like, no, I'm not dealing with this. I uninstalled it. Yeah, I <laughs> I might actually get on Warzone though tonight because I had a good time on Warzone like the first it's, two times I played. Yeah. Um and now I've recently just got the the multiplayer pack where I've been doing the classic uh, multiplayer of Call of Duty, but yeah. now I kind of want to get back in Warfare because like oh, this is actually a pretty cool like battle royal idea. Yeah, Wars it's good. I think it's good. Uh, Warzone. I, mean, I was actually gonna play like probably right after this, but uh, like Warzone, it's it's really good in my opinion, and it just needs. Like it's, you just have to kind of like take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people don't like it because, um, for example, like Joey, he loves like Apex. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. If you know the game, yeah, Joey loves like Apex. It's a good uh, the pace of it, and um, you know, some and some other people like it's the same thing. Like like if people like COD and they don't like Halo, but some people just like love Halo and they don't and they don't like COD. You know, I think it's just like a taste thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, the only thing I'm upset about video games now is because those are the best video games out there, but the, the, because I, now I did grow up on sports video games. Like, mm-hmm. sports video games in the 2000s were big. And they yeah, were actually, I was like, yeah, I remember, yeah. They were fun to play, too. And now they're just so terrible, and they're so trash, that yeah. I'm just like, and there's never gonna, and it's like this thing that I had, like, deep down in my heart, and I'm like, there's never gonna be a good sports game. Like, Ever yeah, again. that was like that was like the golden age of it. In yeah, a sense. it's like there's never going to be a good sports game again. Like they, they keep on doing. They, they can't go. They can't regress. Right. They just they just have to constantly like okay, how can we make this game more? Uh, how can we improve the graphics engine or not the the physics engine of the game? Like I don't care about the physics engine. Like it yeah. was fun just playing the game based on the skill, but yeah, like that's I think that's what made me lose interest in video games was like. After the new generation consoles, next gen consoles that yeah. like ruined sports games for me. But um, also, thanks for having a video game talk with me. Yeah, for sure, man. It's awesome uh, to have a like a pro talk. <laughs> yeah, use the use the use that aim assist to your advantage. It's actually a big deal. Uh, the top players in COD, I believe, the ones who won um, the most recent Warzone tournament, I believe, they are all controller. Even against like PC players, like it's a, it's like a it's like a thing in the gaming community where it's like oh yeah PC players are better, especially in FPS. Oh yeah, they totally are. <clears throat> I, when I but, see um, someone on PC, I'm like they know they're legit. Like my coach, my coach plays. Uh, he, he's like, are you 
on PC? I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm yeah. not at that level. I know you're into it. He's like, okay. Yeah, um, but the way Warzone plays, especially this COD, I think I think it's like a very strict COD thing because um, it doesn't apply to like Overwatch and other games like that, mm-hmm. other FPS uh, style games. But when it comes to like COD, I believe the controller still beats, uh, for the most part, they they should out-trade um, mouse and keyboard. So like if you, because of the aim assist, like okay. some, uh, I don't know if they've dialed it down at all, but they like, um, but it's a big deal because like as long as you're looking at someone like you'll you'll stick on to them you know nice. while the while the while the person on the mouse might have to adjust for the mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. while the actual while the mouse while the uh, while the joysticks kind of like control the recoil for you you know yeah yeah i'll definitely keep that in mind in like 30 minutes when i get back on yeah just try it like look at a guy and see if he's like moving side to side like at a decent like at a mid-range and just try it's like just just try and notice that your crosshairs kind of like will follow him you know yeah i gotta check that out yeah, man. yeah. But again thank you for coming on two white lights uh hopefully caveat again sometime and hopefully like yeah for sure in yeah. person if we ever uh if we we're have, ever in person again, right? Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, nationals <laughs> is a go. That would probably be my best bet of seeing you next. Yeah, so, um, is uh, hopefully. I mean, like, I'm, I mean, sure. If worlds happens, that'd be a fun one too to talk to. Like, if worlds is like 100 percent a go, and oh, yeah. everyone's like, you know, we're gone. You know, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, worlds does happen because uh, I will. I personally would like to see you compete again, and I think the rest of the powerlifting community will as well. So. Um, yeah, I was so, I was so ready. I'm so I'm like the more the more I think about it, because it's like that would have been in like what two months from now, and I well, was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. June. yeah mid June, and I would have been I was just like I was so ready. Yeah, like, that's, even like right, yeah. I'm I am I am realizing more and more how lucky I am to like really compete in the last like competition or like yeah. big competition before this because yeah yeah it was I mean it was gonna be a summer of you know I mean. When you're fully dive the sport, what I say about sport, like the more you dive into it, the better and better it gets. Just other competitions you're not even competing in. You're just it's cool to see what impact those competitions do to the landscape of powerlifting, and that always happens. And the lifters are getting better, they're getting stronger, and they're becoming more consistent. So it's been just cooler and cooler every year, and this has you know, stagnated all of that, which blows. But at the same time, they stagnated all sports in general. Yeah, so. everything else, too. So. Yeah, they stagnated it, every yeah. aspect of society. Yeah, but once it all comes back, it's going to be, everyone's going to be all hyped for everything. You, you think about it, everyone's going to be, everything's going to be so hyped up. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, there should so. just be, there's, the USAPL should make a meet, just find a date. It's like, okay, this is the end of quarantine meet. Like, I think it, yeah. <laughs> This is the I quarantine they, ending yeah. meet. That be yeah, that'd be interesting if they're just like, "Hey, we're gonna put like we're gonna do one meet, and it counts as the Sheffield Nationals and Worlds." <laughs> like, just one meet. Just, having, like, let's just find a place. Yeah, it's like, gonna be like Woodstock of powerlifting, just yeah. like or Coachella for powerlifting. Just like on yeah. that stage over there, you got Nationals. On this yeah. stage, you got Sheffield. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, I'll talk to you soon and for our listeners we'll see you next week peace
baby, I like